0: Hello, everybody, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are doing well so far this week. We are going to talk about implementation today. This is something I'm so passionate about because this goes back, gosh, years. One of the first Ascend events that I ever did, the in-person workshops I used to do um, in another lifetime one of the things that really stood out to me when i was putting together stuff for those events was was what i call the gap right this space between what you want to be doing with your behaviors and what you actually do and when i've talked about it before i think the reason that it's it's so relatable is because the gap has never been wider ever due to how accessible information is. You know, I I think about the different types of people that I follow on social media. I follow people who are experts in business. And so I see all of the recommendations and strategies that they put out on operating a business. That expands what I believe is possible for me. It expands my sense of expectation for myself. And and then that just grows when I'm following people who are into fitness and seeing what they do and the things that they teach and the tools that they put forward and uh, raising kids and managing your home and all of these different areas because of how accessible information is, we can... Unknowingly, unconsciously expand the space between our intentions and our intervention, what we expect of ourselves and what we do. I actually wrote about this a lot in my second book, which is called Tools for the Trenches. I don't talk about it very often, but I guess I don't really talk about chasing cupcakes very often either. If you are somebody who wants tools for a difficult time in your life, wants to execute and take great care of yourself, even though life is hard, tools for the trenches. I think is a a really great place to start. So we're talking today about this intention intervention gap, this space between what you know and what you consistently do, the space between your current habits and the expectations you hold for yourself. All the tools and resources and ideas you've accumulated that you intend to implement, that you want yourself to implement. Now, here's... A big piece of this. We are going to talk today about tools for closing the gap, moving closer to your expectations for yourself and further from that intention point without execution. But we're also going to talk about those of you who listen to this episode and hear those strategies for closing the gap and say, I know all of those things, Elizabeth, and I'm still not doing it, so what am I supposed to do? If I have heard all your tips for closing this gap and yet I talk myself out of using them, what do you got for me? So we're going to talk about all of that today. I think this concept is pretty clear, but I also sometimes confuse what makes sense in my head, and folks who are listening that maybe you haven't thought about it for hundreds of hours like I have. So let's say that you have learned a ton about money management and wealth building habits, and there's a lot of it that you agree with and want to implement, want to habitualize. That is your intention point. Your intervention point is everything that you've successfully implemented and habitualized, right? The space between all the things you know and want to do and what you're actually doing, that's the gap we're talking about. So if you really want to eat clean and eat healthy and you have this ideal way of eating that you'd like to establish when you follow so-and-so and you see what they do, you're like, oh, I wish I did that all the time. That's your intention, The space between your intention and your execution is the gap. We all have it to some degree. I'm yet to meet somebody who is fully at their level of expectation for themselves. I mean, maybe in one area, but not in, in many others. So where I want to spend the bulk of the time today is how do we close this gap? The first step is you've got to be honest about it, right? Stop giving yourself credit for all that you know to do. I, I think, gosh, I don't know if that's something I talked about on the podcast or it's something I wrote about in one of my books, but one of the dangerous things that happens with knowledge, with exposure to information, is that we quickly dismiss things that are Things we already know, things that are familiar, like yeah, I've heard that before. That's nothing new. We dismiss a book because it's like oh, that didn't introduce anything new. Well, the the key isn't whether it's familiar to you or not. It's not about if you if you know it or not. It, really, the question you should be looking is, have you implemented it? So, let's say you pick up a book and you're like, oh, I knew all of that stuff already. Challenge yourself and say but do I implement it? Because there could have been something that I skipped over because it was familiar, but would have really helped me with the implementation piece. You have to be honest with yourself. And I don't think we're being very honest when we say like, yeah, I know that already. I listened to this episode, but I know this already. I read this book, but I know those things already. It wasn't valuable because I know those things. Well, maybe you're not trying to learn The information, but you're trying to improve your ability to apply the information and apply the information consistently no matter what is going on in your life. You have to begin by being honest with yourself and not giving yourself credit for all that you know. One of the things that helps me a lot with this honesty piece, being honest about the extent to which I'm implementing and the space that exists between my intentions and my intervention. What's been helping me a lot is using the consistency calendar because it's very visual. So it shows me in a visual sense, I don't have to think much, if at all, it shows me my implementation visually. So it has like three circles on each day, three open circles on each day. And I've identified three things that I'm trying to track each day. For me in the month of January, those have been working on my book intentional movement, right, doesn't necessarily mean a workout because maybe I went for a long walk, Um, but intentionally moving my body and then following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. So when I look at glancing back at a month or a week, how many of the circles are filled in and how many of them are open, that gives me a really great visual of the gap between my intention and my intervention. And I really love that. There are obviously other ways you can do it. Journaling is a really powerful thing. And when I talk about journaling, sometimes people think it's like reflecting on their feelings. The way that I journal and the way that I teach journaling and the way that the Changemakers Journal works as a guided thing is we're looking forward with plans versus looking backwards to judge your label, right? So it's very current day action oriented, versus reflective on past circumstances, because, you know, when we have an action focus and we're looking forward, we're looking at the day we're in, we have power to change things. The whole, like, dear diary thing, you know, you can talk with your therapist about whether or not that's valuable. Um, I'm sure that it is for some people, but in terms of creating change, it's very, very, it's a different approach to focus on the day you're in and focus on action than to look backwards and focus on judgment. So there's a lot of ways that you can remain honest with yourself about where you're at. You can't skip that step. Uh, those are two of the ways that I do it. The second strategy or, or kind of stage of closing this gap between your intention and your intervention is to focus on the solution in the micro. Focus on the solution in the micro, there's two parts of that. We're focused on the solution instead of focused on the problem. And we're focused on it on a small specific scale instead of on like a grand scale. So the reason, you probably heard me talk about this like "Eh, maybe six million times. The reason that we don't wanna focus on the solution in the macro is because it's much less actionable, it's much less clear, it's very vague, it's easy to put off. Things like, I need to do better. That is solution-focused, but it's big and it's vague and it's general. It's not immediately actionable, at least not in a clear sense. Or if you say, like, I'm going to eat keto. Okay, sure, it's solution-focused, but it's very big picture And it's not clear, like, well, what do I need to do in the next hour? And this is why so many people put it off and put it off because it's, I'll start tomorrow because you can, because it's, it's not specific and it's not immediately actionable. I need to be more prepared. Okay, that's tough to execute right now and very easy to just leave in this ambiguous future world. The solution in the micro is like, all right, so I say my general solution is I need to be more tidy. Well, I'm going to set a 15-minute timer right now and spend 15 minutes picking up XYZ area of my house. Or I say I need to eat better. That's my general solution. Well, right now I'm going to put the ice cream down. I've had enough. I'm going to put it back in the freezer. I'm going to throw it away. Or I'm going to get up and throw some chicken thighs in the oven so that I have a healthy dinner started for tonight. Focus on the solution in the micro when you have the thought of like, I need to do something about my closet. Maybe you have that thought when you're driving home from work, so you can't just Mary Poppins yourself into your closet and make it happen. But you can say, all right, the first 10 minutes after dinner tonight, I'm going to give to my closet. It doesn't mean that you have to drop what you're doing and do it right now, but it does have to be in the short term, like something you're going to do today, something you're going to do in the next few hours. When you have the thought of like, I should exercise more, you are fully capable of saying, on my lunch break, I'm going to go for a five-minute walk, or I'm going to do 10 bodyweight squats right now. Start thinking about the solution in the micro. Again, even if you've already heard me say that, you've heard me say it a 100 million times, What matters is, are you doing it yet? Don't dismiss things that you've heard because they're familiar, because they're not new. Instead, judge it based on whether you've implemented it or not, implemented it consistently or not. The third thing that I want to suggest when you're trying to close this gap between your intention and your intervention is get curious and stop being so damn critical get curious. I hear so many times people say, well, I struggle because XYZ. I Y, Z. I can't seem to do this. All these things, you know, are in my way. And when you focus on, I can't because I'm so busy or, you know, all my time goes to my kids. All you're doing when you focus on the problem is you Convince yourself of it. You make it bigger than the solution. You make it bigger than progress. You convince yourself that it's in your way. Now, I'm not suggesting that those thoughts should never arise. They probably will continue to arise because they're familiar and they're patterned, and that's okay. When they arise, I want you to be curious about them. So when you think, like, well, I just don't have time don't be critical of like, oh my gosh, there I go again with the excuses. No, you don't have to be critical. Just be curious. What is it that I think I don't have time for? I think I don't have time to cook a healthy meal. All right. Are there any exceptions to that? Like, are there healthy things you do have time to do? Or even if you're ordering out, are there healthier options you can make? When your thoughts arise, meet them with curiosity. Meet them with curiosity. What are the options that exist between doing it the way I think I should and doing it the way I've been doing it often? I'm just curious. Are there options between that? I was, uh, Before I started recording this podcast, I was sending a personalized intake form to one of my clients in the consistency course, and she was talking about how she and her spouse travel a lot, and they eat out a lot, and that makes it hard to eat healthy because she thrives on routine, and so when she's out of her routine, she's like, what's the point? Instead of being mad at yourself for thinking that way or just rolling with that thought without any consideration of it, be curious about that thought. So I'm thinking to myself, if I'm this person, what's the point? Because we do all of these things, it makes it really hard. All right, but is there a way that I could do just a little bit better tonight? Not always, but just tonight. Is there some is there some room for doing a little bit better? Is there anybody in this situation who could consistently make better choices? Take yourself out of it if you need to. Like, what might they do? If you know somebody or even if you make up an imaginary person, like there's this super healthy person who also goes out to eat and also travels a lot. Like, do you think that they don't have any options? What options might they have that I'm not considering? Are there shades of gray, degrees of improvement? Maybe I could choose a steak entree instead of a pasta entree. Maybe I could skip dessert. We could perhaps share dessert. Maybe we could order appetizers instead of entrees, right? Or maybe we do apps or an entree, but not both. Maybe we go for a walk before or afterwards. I mean, there's a million things if you open yourself up to being curious. Now, here's a really important point. If you do not interact with your thoughts in this way, then you will absolutely continue to repeat the patterns of your past because it's our thoughts that drive our choices, even when they happen quickly, even when we're not fully conscious of it. And so often people are just letting their thoughts come and go without engaging with them to say like, wait a minute, not angrily, not with drama, not as a victim, not with whining and fussing and all of that. Like just, I wonder if there's something else here that's true. I wonder if there's something else here that's true. One of the ones that I challenged for myself was this notion of like, I'm going to have so much less time for everything now that I have, you know, three babies under two. And instead of judging myself for that thought or not considering that thought at all and just rolling with it, do you think it's possible that some people find ways to, like, be even better with their time because they have kids? And because I was even able to just be curious about that, I will tell you, much to my own surprise... I am getting way more done. I'm getting more work done. I'm maintaining my house better. I'm working out more consistently with three kids under two, two of whom have very consistent doctor's appointments than I ever did before kids when I had no kids. And it's created this new belief in me that this is the most present and productive season of my life. For a long time, I thought like, well, my days of, you know, crushing my work and feeling so accomplished, like they're behind me because there's always somebody crying and always somebody who needs me. And yes, there's always somebody who is crying and always somebody who needs me or wants me. And also, this can be the most productive and fulfilling and uh, present season of my life. But if I just rolled with the thoughts that were coming up of like, well, I'm just in a season of young kids, which means I'm not in a season of, you know, being very uh, on top of my house. So many, so many people messaged me and said, like, God's honest truth. And I believe they were well-intentioned, but said things like, well, this isn't the season of your home being tidy and your dishes being done and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, but it can be because I will tell you, my kids have a happier mom when my space is clutter-free and clean, they just do. They have a, they have a happier, more relaxed and peaceful mom. And I had bought into this notion that having young kids meant, you know, always having mountains of laundry and, you know, always having a mess somewhere. And yeah, their toys out when the kids are awake for sure. But they also get put away every single night and the house gets reset and it feels wonderful because I didn't just roll with somebody else's default or with my own default. Get curious when your thoughts arise. There are so many other options and we can be curious without being critical. And if that feels hard for you, that's okay. It just means you need to practice. The next thing I want you to keep in mind as you're approaching this process, not an intellectual exercise, but a process and practice for closing the gap is focus more on the solution than on the problem. Decide that you are, that you will be a creative, energetic problem solver. If you focus on the problem, you're going to convince yourself of it. You're going to make it Feel bigger than the solution because it's getting disproportionate share of energy and share of time and share of emotion. Focus more on the solution than on the problem. When I was growing up, I had this little like picture in my room, word art, and it said, I'm the most creative, or it says, be the most creative, enthusiastic person you know. Maybe it wasn't creative. Positive, enthusiastic is what it said. Be the most positive and enthusiastic person you know. I prefer creative. Because creative is how we break free from the way we've always thought about things. A lot of times people say, well, I don't know how to think about it differently. Great. I don't know is where we start. I don't know is not where we stop. Be creative. What are five stupid ideas? What are five crazy ideas? What are five weird unrelated ideas? How do I imagine XYZ might think about it? Well, let me ask this person, how would you think about this? How would you approach this? This is why community is so important. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a sister-in-law or a best friend who's on a similar journey, who has similar mindsets. Like we live in the day and age of Facebook groups and masterminds. Put yourself around people who can help you think about things differently, who can help you be creative. Focus more on the solution than you do on the problem. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I know all of those things and I still don't do it and I keep trying and I'm trying all of these things, but I talk myself out of it every single time, what am I supposed to do? This probably could be an episode and probably should be an episode all in and of itself. But I'll narrow my answer today down to two things. Either... Hire a coach, or look at how you're talking yourself out of doing the work. Now, we're going to go a little deeper into both of those things. A lot of folks say, well, I can't hire a coach because I can't afford it. You also can't afford to just stay in the problem and limit your life to the way things have always been. Having a coach is an investment, But when you are more productive and when you are executing what you know, you're going to unlock all kinds of doors and that is going to pay off exponentially. The return on that investment is going to blow your mind. So maybe don't talk yourself out of hiring a coach because of cost and instead focus on the solution of how you can make the dollars and cents work knowing that when you do this work, the return is going to be exponential. It's like somebody saying they don't have $500 to invest in this opportunity that's going to have a 20x return. Like if you knew you were going to get a 20x return, you'd, you'd sell your dresser and your bed and whatever else it took so that you could get that 20x return because you could buy a new bed and a new dresser. That's kind of the way you need to think about this here. And you can hire a coach and also look at how you're talking yourself out of doing the work. A lot of people just need, at this phase of their life as a jumpstart, they need a coach to help them see their blind spots and see things that they're not noticing because it's kind of like the fish doesn't know the fish is in water. And sometimes that's a situation that people are in, like they don't realize that they're doing these things and a coach helps them access a perspective that they're not currently seeing, and then you can't unsee it once you see it. So you can do this looking at how you're talking yourself out of it with or without a coach, but some people have a hard time doing it on their own, so get a damn coach. Um, When I talk about look at how you're talking yourself out of the work, you do have to slow down. It is not going to be effortless. You're probably not going to immediately know, like, this is exactly how I talk myself out of it. Some people do know that it's this story of I'll start tomorrow. You've got to be aware of how you're talking yourself out of it. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. That's going to be your access point to change if that's where you keep getting stopped. If that's where you keep stopping yourself. Again, if you can't see that, I don't know how I do it. That could just be stubbornness because you don't want to slow down and pay attention, but a coach can help with that too. Or it could truly be a blind spot for you, in which case you definitely need somebody to help you access that. But if the block is, I don't really care, or I'll start tomorrow, then we have to start chipping away at that block. Chasing Cupcakes has a ton of tools for that. The podcast has a ton of tools for that. The tools exist for hijacking a thought in a, in a curious and drama-free kind of way and changing it. This isn't that episode, but we have done hundreds of them. Plus there's chasing cupcakes, plus there's tools for the trenches, plus there's a consistency course in you know, all those kinds of things. But that is your next step if you are in that place. If you stay on autopilot, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns. So you have to engage with yourself and your thoughts. And I highly recommend doing it without judgment and doing it without drama and doing it without whining and pouting and this sucks and what's wrong with me and blah, 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 blah. You might need to go back through this episode and, and kind of rate yourself in each of these different areas to say like, is this one that I need to work on or can I move to the next step? workshop it instead of just listening to it and then having it go to the idea graveyard to die. I think we might do an episode though on like, I know the things, but I'm not doing it. What are 10 things I can do today to make a difference or do this week? So I'm gonna write that down. Let's come back for that episode. That one's coming soon. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon.